Part four and final of session 89. Let's talk about switching polarities. Let's begin and end this session. So in the last episode, we talked about this history of Ra in Venus, and we were tracing the story of two entities who were wanderers in Venus at the time of third density uh, harvest, it seems, in the second cycle, uh, for those who are following the different cycles of third density. So in the second cycle of Venus, there was a, a wandering by two entities of, I believe Ross said early fifth density, yes. And so they went in as any other wanderer to help the planet because they saw that there was a need for, um, there was a call for help as it usually is the case. And when they got there, they started their service, but because of one small um, deviation, they, went to the negative polarity and so they polarized negatively so much that they graduated into fourth density uh, negative um, polarity of course and they were fifth density uh, positive so it's a very interesting discussion i talked about that in the last episode here we're going to pick up the discussion from that point and that's exactly where we left them being of fourth density negative now remember their story is fifth density positive then they went into third density as wanderers to um, to aid in the planetary harvest and then they graduated into fourth density negative now starting up a new path so what happened to them that's the first question we have here don says in question 40 what was the attitude of these two entities after they graduated into fourth density negative and the veil being removed, they realized that they had switched polarities. Ra says they were disconcerted. So Don says, then did they continue striving to polarize negatively to a fifth density negative harvest or did they do something else? Really good question actually. Ra says they worked with the fourth density negative for some period until Within this framework, the previously learned patterns of the self had been recaptured and the polarity was, with great effort, reversed. There was a great deal of fourth density positive work then to be retraced. So here we see a couple of things. Ra had mentioned in the past that about 20% of fourth density negative find their ways to switch polarities. Uh, they somehow have an awakening and then they switch polarities. And I can't recall if it's a switching within fourth density or fifth density graduation into fifth. So they switch going into fifth density. Um, Ross seems to suggest that this is possible uh, here, right? When they say that they switch and they had a great deal of four density positive work then to be retraced. Um, and you'll see why this is reinforced, the fact that they move into four density positive 
after being four density negative in the graduation from third density after being wonders. <laughs> I hope you can uh, keep up with all the terminology. But yeah, that's that's what happened. Now, um, the question of Don here was, did they, what was his question? Um, yeah, did they continue on four density to reach fifth density or what was the deal? What did they do? So did they continue their path or did they realize? So it seems like an entity who has been positive and this happens, they remember. So they remember their paths, uh, their past um, incarnations, obviously in fourth, fifth density. Uh, and I'm assuming anybody from sixth density would also obviously remember. And so they would see the uh, contradictory behavior now in, in trying to polarize negatively. And so I would say that it's almost a given that they have to go uh, into positive. This is just my speculation because it seems logical to me that if you are a brand new entity, right, in third density, say you graduated from second density and then you make the choice to be negative, right? You have no idea of the positive path, or you do, but you think it's foolish, like Ra says. And then you move into negative uh, space-time or time-space before going to space-time again. And then you empower this path of negativity. Well, you have never tasted the, um, the positive path, so how would you know? And so you move on until there is no other way but to switch polarities. So you're basically being ignorant all the time of the true nature of reality. You're just reinforcing your own view, which is the view that you are a separate being. And then, of course, you have to put everything into control because you're tapping into your own power. You're actually making contact with intelligent infinity and empowering being, which is the only thing there is. So you empower being, but in separation, you see, in uh, individuality, in yourself, in the egoic point of view. Uh, and you're none the wiser there. You're just, you know, you're just acting on, uh, on your belief. So if you did have post-fail some experience in the positive path in fourth, fifth, or sixth density, then it seems to me that you would change your switch polarities easy. Um, and it's a given that you have to, right? Because you're looking at truth or you're remembering truth while getting rid of the deception that you bought in third density again. So again, that's just my speculation. Is it possible that some wonders, positive wonders from sixth or fifth density can polarize negatively and then stay there because they forgot everything? Uh, that doesn't seem to ring a bell to me, but could be, I don't know. In any case, Ross says that they work with four density negative for some period, so they had to continue their work in four density um, for reasons I don't understand. And then the previously learned patterns of the self had been recaptured in the polarity until, right? The previously learned patterns. Now they're referring to the previously learned patterns, positive patterns. They had been recaptured or remembered. Um, 
and then their polarity was with great effort reversed so that's another key sentence there great effort it took them great effort to to reverse it there was a great deal of four density positive work then to be retraced once they were back in uh, four density positive they they had to do work there so they had to spend more time in four density because they had kind of lost that to a degree they they forgot uh, they got too much into the illusion of, of separation and so they had to do four density work that all of those things are part of the the picture of what happens when when this happens so what else does Don want to know by the way this is going to be a very short session since we only have a couple more questions question 42 Don says how is Ra aware of this information by what means does Ra know the precise orientation of these two entities in fourth density negative etc really inquisitive question Ra says these entities join Ra in fourth density positive for a portion of the cycle which we experience so here is the final uh, validation that they did move from four density negative to four density positive and uh, Don is actually you know let me let me read this last part uh, he asks, I assume then that they came in late. Is this correct? And Ross says, yes. So, yeah, coming late means that... So, those of Ra move into four density positive. These two entities move into four density negative. Wherever they moved into, because it wasn't planet Venus, they had to move to another planet. They had to do some work there, right? And then... Uh, gradually change or switch their polarities. In that gradual process, Ra was developing in four density. We do know that Ra move quite fast in four density. I don't know if the whole cycle needs to be, I think it's 30 million years, just for reference. Uh, but I think, yeah, the cycle is 30 million years, if memory serves. I don't know if it's minor cycles within the major cycle of 30 million years but Ra did say that they move pretty fast in four density so just to mention that even if they took them uh, if it took them 30 million years these two entities had to spend what seems like the majority of the time in four density negative trying to polarize back into positive to move back to Ra so what I'm trying to depict here is that although they split in Venus, they join Ra later on. What's interesting is that these were wanderers. These were a uh, native population from Venus, meaning that they were in, of the same origin as Ra, and yet they joined them in fourth density for some reason. Maybe they had uh, some benefit in working and joining them as Ra, so that's a that's a question that is beyond my knowledge, but interesting to ask, right? Did they join Ra as a social memory complex, or did they go back to their previous social memory complex? I don't know. It's a good question, right? And I don't have the answer, but that's what happened, regardless. And they joined at the last moments. So 
that's all the questions we had for this story on Venus and Ra. And we have only two more questions. The next one's going to be the archetypical mind. So let's get to that. Don says in question 80, uh, 44, not 84. There are no question 84 in this whole material. That would be a very long session. But Don says, I didn't mean to get so far off the track of my original direction of questioning, but I think some of these excursions are very enlightening and will help in understanding of the basic mechanisms that we are so interested in evolution. Ross stated that archetypes are helpful when used in a controlled way. Would you give me an example of what you mean by using an archetype in a controlled way? So we've talked about this in this precise session. Ross says, we speak with some regret in stating that this shall be our last query of length. There is substantial energy left, but this instrument has distortions that rapidly approach the limit of our ability to maintain secure contact. The control use of the archetype is that which is done within the self for the polarization of the self and to the benefit of the self if negatively polarized or others if positively polarized upon the most subtle of levels. So first, we're talking about the um, becoming the archetypes, right? So uh, using these archetypes for benefit in polarization. And so Ra is saying, first of all, this is going to be the last question, and that the control use of the archetype is, um, is one that can help with polarization depending on the positive or the negative. On the positive, you're going to help it. You're going to use it for yourself and for others. And in the negative, you're going to use it for yourself and to benefit yourself. Very key distinction here. And I would like to uh, emphasize this because one of a one of the common questions that are uh, generated in the raw material or the model of the law of one is if I take care of myself, right? If I, um, if I focus on myself, then I'm polarizing negatively, right? Because that's service to self. And it's a poorly understood um, concept when it's interpreted this way, because you're not polarizing negatively because you care about yourself. In fact, not caring about yourself can lead to not being able to help others. Um, you first need to know yourself to be able to help others in the best way possible. So that means focusing on yourself. And this is what Ra says here. Uh, they say that in general, I mean, the archetype, uh, using the, the archetype is not the only way, of course, but they, they're talking about the positive path and clothing oneself in the archetype or using it in a control way can help in that polarization. So that polarization, um, they say, this is done within the self for the polarization of the self, right? And so we can just say that whether positive or negative, you have to uh, use it within the self for the polarization of your own self, of course. You need to polarize yourself. And for that, you need to focus on yourself. Now, the distinction is, as always, to the benefit of yourself, that would be negative, 
or to the benefit of others. That would be positive. You see, in both cases, you have to, you have to um, work within yourself, uh, for yourself, right? And for the polarization of yourself. And then once you do that, it's the choice. Do I do this for others or for my own benefit? And that depends on the view of you have, uh, of the view you have for or about yourself. Are you a separate being? Are you everything that there is? So that's the choice. And so Ra says that this, just to finalize, because it's kind of like outside the brackets here, uh, or the long dashes. Upon the most subtle of levels are these polarizations, right? So uh, we'll see why. We'll see why upon the most subtle of levels in the next uh, slide. Ra finishes and says, keep in mind at all times that the archetypical mind is a portion of the deep mind and informs thought processes. When the archetype is translated without regard for magical propriety into the manifested daily actions of an individual, the greatest distortions may take place and great infringement upon the free will of others is possible. This is more nearly acceptable to one negatively polarized. However, the more carefully polarized of negative mind-body spirits will also prefer to work with a finely tuned instrument. May we ask if there are any brief queries before we leave this working? So we're going to cover one more question, which is the last one, and only because there is there is actually a question there that is not maintenance. Or maintenance we refer to as the category of questions that are about maintaining the contacts, what can I do, what can we do to improve the contact, and so on. And the instrument, Carla. Okay, so what do they say here? Um, keep in mind at all times that the archetypical mind is a portion of the deep mind and informs thought processes. Um, this is the part that I said uh, kind of helps elucidate into why on the most subtle of levels is the uh, clothing oneself in the archetype uh, help polarization is because the archetypical mind is a portion of the deep mind that informs thought processes so is um, it's a very foundational aspect of the mind that contributes to thought patterns, to our behaviors, or behaviors are results of thought patterns, right? So you can see the sort of tree of mind being generated here, some portions of the tree of mind, the roots of the mind, being um, channeled through to the tree. Um, so if the archetypical mind is part of that, then working with the archetype is working with the most subtle of the influences of the mind and of course of somebody else's mind if that's the type of work you're doing. So uh, that's why in the next part they say that when the archetype is translated without regard of magical propriety, so this is magical work that you're doing uh, for either yourself or for others, then um, the greatest distortions may take place and great infringement upon the free will of others is possible. So this is very um, 
this is very heavy work for those who who like to work with magic you see uh, magic is and i like the definition of course that we have here in the law of one magic is the ability to make changes in consciousness at will so you are influencing consciousness your own which is not your own it's the consciousness being manifested through you but the manifested consciousness in you plus possibly the consciousness of others and so when we get into these magical workings you know rituals and um, all kinds of uh, magical ritualistic work that has to do especially with the tarot I can imagine that there is a lot that can be done in this regard and so without this um, without this care needed for it then great distortions and uh, great infringement may happen um, I have I have seen how there is a reaction between um, people who have been studying the tarot and um, they read the law of one and they say wow yes you know this is the call that I felt and then there are others whose reactions are kind of uh, negative against it and they 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 feel offended by what uh, the teaching is saying here about the archetypical mind you know because they're used to some sort of other use to it and we can see why this is happening you see because there is a um, uh, there is a, a sort of intention prior to the use of the tarot that is uh, being challenged here and so people uh, feel offended by it but the teaching is the teaching and I you know I, I am by no means anybody who can speak with authority in terms of how to use the tarot nor I think anybody could be you know it's it's everybody's free will but how do you feel when you do it it's the question you know and um, what's happening what kind of work are you doing that's all dependent on you Ross says that this is more nearly acceptable to one negatively polarized uh, this the work that can be done to infringe on people's free will and create great distortions but even then they say however the more carefully polarized negative mind body spirits and there's an asterisk there because Ra didn't say complex and it should be a complex because only a negatively polarized mind body spirit complex exists um, yeah so it's it's up to interpretation but it's a very uh, probably uneventful or unaffected uh, unaffected interpretation it's just that they said mind body spirits but it's not a big deal it, it should be mind body spirit complex in any case um, even those more negatively polarized will prefer to work with a finely tuned instrument meaning that they would prefer to have a more precise instrument themselves than to be more chaotic so they would probably avoid doing that too uh, in other words it's not chaotic random madness what the negative one is doing that's a that's something that i myself kind of learned within the law of one and everybody else who gets to understand how the negative path works uh kind of understand it too that it's a it's a very elegant and uh, pure expression of the creator in the negative being uh, this sounds like I'm kind of promoting the negative path right <laughs> I'm just speaking about what's true 
The truth is that uh, negative beings actually become very refined. They have to, otherwise they can graduate to four density. Uh, the thing is that they're working with illusion. They're not working with reality. They're working, they're working with the illusion of uh, separation. I am one being and you are another and I'm superior to you, of course. So the ego gets to the maximum um, level. But the point is that you know, the, the, they're not chaotic, you know, they're not random behaviors, although there is entropy in their actions because it's not conforming with reality. That's just, you know, the giveaway to it. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, in those nerds of you out there who know the Dungeons and Dragons rules, you know that there are sort of alignments, right? Um, uh, oh, I forget, reputation alignment or whatever it is. And so, you know, there's lawful good and neutral good and uh, chaotic good and so on. So evil, let's just call negative ones evil, of course, uh, they are either lawful or neutral or chaotic. They're not chaotic. You know, if you want to polarize, you have to be uh, very precise and very uh, intelligent with what you're doing. That's my supposition at any rate. So, uh, again, just my interpretation, but Ra does say that they they like to work with a finely tuned instrument. They would prefer that. And so that's basically it. That's all we got uh, until the last question, which is going to be a mix between the last questions that Don asked and another one. Don says in question 45, I'll just make the statement that I perceive what a negative polarity harvest that a negative polarity harvest is possible with less negativity in the environment like Ra's environment than in the environment such as we have at present and ask if that is correct and then is there anything that we can do to improve the contact or the comfort of the instrument? Uh, it's a very tricky question here for me at least. Let's see what Ra says. Firstly, the requirements of harvest are set. It is, however, easier to serve the self completely or nearly so if there is little resistance. In the matter of the nurturing of the instrument, we suggest further manipulation of the dorsal side and appendages of this instrument and the whirling of the waters, if possible. The alignments are conscientious. We ask that you, we ask for your vigilance in alignments and preparations. All is well, my friends. I am Ra. I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth then, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. Okay, so... Tricky question to me, because Don is saying that he perceives, right? that a negative polarity harvest, not the whole planet, but some harvest of negativity, is possible with less negativity in the environment, like Ra's environment. So Ra in Venus had a much uh, less neg negative environment than we do here, right? So he's saying that it's more possible, it's possible with less negativity in the environment than in the environment such as we have at present. So why? 
I don't know why would Don, why, what was Don thinking when he asked this question? Uh, but that's what he's saying, that a negative harvest is possible in a positive planet, let's say. So let's examine this. Venus had a very positive group called Ra, right? And they were guaranteed to harvest themselves into four density. And then there was um, a group, which was the majority actually, that were confused and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to polarize, but they didn't know how. And they saw Ra as being uh, sickening with their love. <laughs> These are Ra's words, not mine. Um, so they saw it and they said, we need help. Okay, so let's not talk about the two negative entities that polarize negatively. Uh, the two wonders who positive, two wonders positive who polarize negatively. In any case, now here on Earth, we have what seems to be like a very, very, very minute uh, percentage of the population who is positively polarizing themselves at least consciously. So is it easier to polarize negatively over there than here? Why is that? I don't know. But Ra says the requirements for of harvest are set. So, you know, you can polarize in any environment as long as you do uh, what you need to do. That's what seems to me that Ra says here. It is, however, easier to serve the self completely or nearly so if there is little resistance. So they don't, they didn't actually answer Don's question um, by saying that yes or no, that it was easier, right? They, they never said it, uh, but they do emphasize that it is easier to serve the self completely or nearly so if there is little resistance. So where is there more resistance? In Venus, with Ra basically saying, no, thank you, obviously we're not polarizing, or we're not following that path, which seems illusory or is not true, right? Or us here who, are we offering resistance to the negative path somehow? It doesn't seem like it, we seem to perpetuate it over time. So I don't know. I just don't know the answer to this. Uh, Ron didn't answer directly as far as I can understand. And uh, the only thing I can say for sure without, I mean, aside from the question and the answer is that, yeah, if you have a population that offers no resistance, then it's easy to manipulate. No resistance, easy manipulation. Um, sensitivity, high sensitivity, easy manipulation. That's the thing. And so we see that being uh, in play here on our planet because we see that there is high sensitivity in people, especially nowadays with the new age and uh, the, the new use of awareness, becoming aware of everything and becoming very sensitive about it. You know, we have to become very sensitive and uh, sensitivity leads to being offended, like I said. You're very sensitive, and so you're offended easily by what anybody says. Fine. If that's the direction of the planet, there must be a reason for that. However, it is a built-in fact that if you are sensitive, you will be easily offended. 
If you're easily offended, you are easily manipulated because when you're offended, you enter that state of um, entropy. You enter that state of uh, chaos within you, confusion. You know, uh, nobody is offended with truth. The truth doesn't offend. The truth informs. So um, that's what I can say. If there is little resistance, and so you can easily manipulate a, a population by sens sensitizing them into uh, becoming very uh, easily offended. That's just a fact. That's why we play the game of you know identities. And so you are this identity, and I am this identity, and I am this country, and you are that country, and I am this culture, and you are that culture, and you are the color, and blah, 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 blah. We put all these labels and identities so we can be very uh, resistant to and insensitive to anybody else uh, damaging our image and who we are. Um, and so, you know, like I said, if that's the game that we want to play on planet Earth, fine, I'm not against it. Uh, but that's the reality of it, you know, and that's what we're playing. And so individually, what can we do? Well, first of all, see what offends you, what bothers you. Um, I tend to see often people, I mean, you just look at the internet, <laughs> look at the comment section on, on any place and you'll always see somebody being offended. Even if it's the most pure message of somebody saying love and light to everybody, we're all brothers and sisters, somebody will be, uh, what do you think, you're just a wishful thinker, blah, 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 you know, that's somebody being offended. They're too sensitive with their own beliefs. And so... Uh, I mean, I am no stranger to this. I've I've held my strong beliefs, and then when it's shaken by somebody else, I feel this you know rage inside. You know, how dare you say it's not true? <laughs> I've been believing this for so long. <laughs> how dare you shake my own foundations of beliefs? Uh, and yet, that's the path. You know, shatter every single belief you have in your mind, destroy them, obliterate them. Put them to the test, always, and you'll be free. You know, you'll be free from your own prison. Prison. In any case, that's all I got. Conclusions. I think I'll just piggyback on what I said before, um, or what I was just saying. So, my own experience has led me to free myself from my own beliefs by putting them to the test. Myself, I don't need to wait for somebody else. See, if you wait for that, it's kind of slow. But if you do have beliefs, you have to be on on the lookout for anything that shows up. You know, in recent or not recent in uh, daily conversation with people, uh, when reading something online, when somebody texts you, or even when you're just uh, looking at people, or it's usually people who trigger you know these emotions in us. So. You know, be on the lookout for whatever belief you have. You know, somebody threw garbage out, you know, on the road. Uh, that used to piss me off so much. Uh, now I understand it's just ignorance and not ignorance in a pejorative way, um, but just unconscious. They're unconscious of what it is to, to trash, you know, nature. Uh, so I kind of find a compassion there and I say, well, that's, let's hope, you know, that person becomes conscious of you know, the damage that they're doing to the environment, let's say. But if I have a strong belief there that nobody should be doing that, I, I kind of like move a little bit to the negative side, don't I? Right? Because I'm, 
Uh, I'm, I'm establishing a belief that everybody should be this way, regardless, and they should be punished if they don't, you know. Uh, and we do have laws for that. <laughs> uh, instead of educating people, we don't know how to educate people. So we just put laws and fines and things like that. Um, so you have to kind of, uh, you don't have to empathize with others. You have to um, shatter all your beliefs. Oh, okay, then I'm just gonna have no morals, no foundation. Yes, quite so, have nothing. How does that feel? Doesn't it feel liberating? Suddenly you'll feel a kind of, you know, a natural thing in you, which is called positive path. You see, you don't pick the positive path, like you as an individual pick the positive path. That's one thing that is poorly understood in the model of the law of one or in any mystical tradition, really. You don't pick this path. This path chose you. <laughs> it chose itself. It's just being manifested through you. So you don't have to make an effort to be uh, morally... Um, morals change so you can, you know, you just adapt to whatever it is at the moment. You know, what is moral at this point? It's not moral later on. Um, there is no such thing as morality set in place. There is just, you know, whatever is beneficial for the whole at the moment. Um, so this can be explored individually. I know I'm shaking something that is very um, uh, sensitive is the word again, but yes, it's my invitation. Again, speaking from my own experience. I promised this was going to be a short video because only, uh, only a couple of questions were left here. I don't know what waits, what awaits us in session 90, uh, but yeah, we're getting close to the end. We finish all the 80s, uh, so now we're getting into the 90s, and then we have another six more sessions. So 16 more sessions, 17 if I count 100, right? Uh, if I count 90, not 100. But that's it. As always, thank you so much for following me all the way up to here. Um, if you wanna know more of what I'm doing, now that I have a little bit of time, go to Instagram and you can see, I know the content right now, it's a lot in Spanish. I have somebody working for me in Spanish. I wish I could have somebody working for me in English too. It's uh, It's been kind of a challenge to do this in English and Spanish and then put everything together in just one uh, account. Uh, and yet, you know, you can still reach out to me if you're interested in what I'm doing with the direct path and the mystical uh, search for unity, as Ra says. And that's the way to find me. Okay? Take good care of yourself. Again, thank you for listening. And I'll see you in session 90.